Hi everyone, welcome back to Far and Film. Today I'm bringing you a review of the film Event Horizon to celebrate its 25th anniversary. So the cult classic Event Horizon is being re-released as a 4K UHD and Blu-ray collector's edition steelbook on the 8th of August 2022 from Paramount Home Entertainment. This includes an outer slipcase which houses the collectible steelbook in an acetate o-ring, a blueprint poster, art cards, a pin, a patch, along with the film on 4K UHD and Blu-ray. Directed by Paul Anderson, who went on to direct the Resident Evil films, Event Horizon originally debuted in theatres on the 15th of August 1997 and has developed a huge cult to follow in over the ensuing 25 years. Known for its elaborate production design and unsettling visuals, the film features an exceptional ensemble cast who we will get to in just a little bit. Also available on the 8th of August is the Xavi exclusive limited edition Steelbook and the feature film on a 4K UHD disc. Both versions of Event Horizon will contain the legacy bonus content on a Blu-ray disc. So these are a commentary with Paul W.S. Anderson, the making of Event Horizon, so five documentaries there, the point of no return, the filming of Event Horizon, secrets with selectable director's commentary, unseen Event Horizon, again with director's commentary, a theatrical trailer and a video trailer. Now I will say this, for this review, I was only sent the film disc. So I haven't seen the steel book. I can't unbox a steel book key or anything like that. The pictures that I've seen look pretty decent too. Um, and I've not been able to see any of the features because the Blu-ray features don't come up on the 4K disc. They only feature on the Blu-ray disc because the 4K is obviously housing the mammoth transfer of 4K that it is. Now, Event Horizon... This was a new experience for me. I've not seen this film before, and I watched it this morning, ready for this review. Um, I did I did a little bit of research into it beforehand. I was quite intrigued to see that on release, the film was actually a commercial and critical failure. It's very rare that I think you get a film being celebrated in such a way with a re-release if it's been a failure. It grossed $42 million on a $60 million production budget. However, it went well to sell. Uh, it went well. It went on to sell well on home video, its initial DVD release, um, according to Wikipedia, was sold so well that Paramount contacted Anderson to begin working on restoration of the deleted footage, because I think it's one of these where there's quite a significant gap between what Anderson wanted to do with the film and what the studio wanted to do with the film. Um, but the deleted footage had been since lost or destroyed. In the years since, the film has slowly brought a cult following and is often referenced in other works of pop culture, specifically that bit in the film where Sam Neill explains a wormhole and does an A, B, folds a piece of paper, stabs a pen through it, because that's Interstellar. They did it more recently in a film that I've just watched, and I can't remember what that film is. That's not helpful, but they did it again, and it's going to bug me, because I can't remember what the film is where they did it again. Um, so, yeah. So to summarise the plot, Seven years ago, pioneering research spacecraft Event Horizon mysteriously vanished without a trace on its maiden voyage. But then in the darkness of the deep space, a persistent signal prompts the, prompts the crew to make their way through the galaxy on a bold rescue mission. What they uncover is an unimaginable interstellar horror that will test the entire, entire team's sanity and souls. And I kind of just I stole this first bit from Wikipedia because it kind of sets up the main 
first little bit of the film better than I probably could have done. So in 2047, a distress signal is received from Event Horizon, the starship that has disappeared during its maiden voyage to Proxima Centauri seven years earlier and has mysteriously reappeared in a decaying orbit around Neptune. The rescue vessel Lewis and Clark has dispatched its crew, Captain Miller, played by Lawrence Fishburne, second-in-command Lieutenant Stark, Joey Richardson, pilot Smith, Sean Pertwee, medical technician Peters, Kathleen Quinlan, engineer Ensign Justin, Jack Norsworthy, Dr. DJ, hello to Jason Isaacs, uh, rescue technician Cooper, Richard T. Jones, and Dr. S- uh, William Weir, played by Sam Neill. Uh, he is the designer of Event Horizon. He briefs them on the ship's experimental gravity drive with a simple visualization of how it folds space time. Again, the thing I've just spent so long wasting time on. The distress signal seems to consist of screams and howls, but DJ believes he can discern the Latin phrase to liberate me or save me. Now, a couple of things that I just got down. So it you have this very typical brains versus brawn relationship between Sam Neill's character and between Lawrence Fishburne's character with the latter trying to stop the Dr. Weir, the character of Dr. Weir essentially from getting into harm's way. But the doctor constantly tries. He wants to get onto this other ship. He wants to get onto the ship that he's designed. He wants to find certain things. He wants to see what it is. It is that's gone on. And to be fair to him, Fishburne's just like, no, we're the rescue mission. We need to go and do this. You're here as a sort of, a brain essentially you're not here to kind of get involved in that there's a point quite early on where they all get decked out into sort of the usual astronaut space gear and immediately i was just like oh this is alien because this is the part where they all go onto the other ship and that member of the crew is expendable that member of the crew is expendable you all ain't coming back now from what i'd seen and heard of Event Horizon. I knew that it was a sci-fi and I knew that it was horror, which immediately makes me expect aliens or some sort of life form or something. I didn't think there'd be this whole kind of unseen horror element to it, which I must admit was interesting and quite intriguing in that it's essentially it was a possession in space, which I don't think you get too much of. The horror aspects were trying to deal with this idea of psychosis so is it that they're all just going a little bit crazy? Is there actually something there? Are they really believing each other, which they don't? You know, they tend to all turn on each other at various points, which I think you tend to get in these ensemble pieces on ships like this. And ultimately, again, this unseen evil, this dark presence that fills the final act. And the final act very quickly becomes a body horror film where there's a lot of gore, there's, there's people strung up, there's, it's very gory. It's much more gory than I expected. And it kind of comes out of nowhere in that if you imagine the typical three-act structure, all of this horror comes in the third act. The first act is the build. The second act is them finding the thing, revealing it, sort of going through the mental sort of psychosis of it. It's a little bit more character-driven at that point. But then you get all the horror at the end. And that is probably where I'd imagine the cult following who liked this film and sort of go to bat for this film that's where their appreciation comes from. That's where all the appreciation has been garnered from because it tends to be horror films similar to this that get those kind of cult followings. It's, it, was, it was reminiscent of a genre that was very popular at the time. So we're saying this was, what, 1997, yes, or 25 years, obviously. And 
I think back to 97, I think back to that time of the 90s and straight away my head goes to things like your Independence Day, Men in Black, so those kind of sci-fi films, but then more specifically things like Species, things like Mimic, where you're getting a sci-fi horror film and mixing those two genres together to give you this kind of hybrid, which, and as well, it being an R-rated film, it being an 18 here in the UK, you know, the Steelbook rated an 18, I had to pretty much make sure that I was in the house on my own watching this because I didn't want Ruby walking in and seeing something that she shouldn't see on the TV. And again, it deserves that rating. It's very brutal. It's very buddy. It's very gory to a point that it kind of surprised me actually towards the end. Um, I quite enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's nothing sort of groundbreaking. I don't think it's going to be ever held in a high regard of being a pinnacle of sci-fi horror cinema. I know that a lot of people are going back and reevaluating it, again, probably because of this re-release and probably because of the cult following that it's got. But if you're a fan of Event Horizon, and I mean that in terms of, like, if you look around me, the things that I'm a fan of, I, I you know, I collect things and all that kind of stuff. If you're a fan of this film, I'd imagine that you're going to pick up the Steelbook. I'd imagine that you're going to pick up the Collector's Edition when it's released on the 8th. But I think if you've not seen it like me, maybe this is the time to kind of give it a go, um, like I hadn't before this. Um, and the, the 4K transfer is fine. You could still tell that it was age. You could still tell that it was from about 97. The Paramount logo to begin with looks very shanky in that um, it's not fully rendered properly in terms of 4K. There's a lot of grain still there, especially in that early part but you kind of fall into it. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't look awful by any means. Uh, the deep blacks are quite interesting to see on the OLED. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was, again, it was my first time viewing. Um, it's kind of up there, I would say, with hybrids. And it's something that would be good to mention every now and again in my teaching. There's a very specific, and again, I saw my teacher head turned on for the first time during the summer holidays when I watched this, because there's a very interesting Dutch tilt where Sam Neill walks towards a door, a door to open it. So maybe I'll stick that and start using that in one of my lessons. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first time watching of Event Horizon this morning. Uh, thank you very much for Paramount for sending me the chat desk um, to review here. And by all means, guys, if you are interested, go and check out that collector's edition that is released on the 8th. It's in a steel book. It's got a poster. It's got art cards. It's got a pin, a patch. So I'm assuming that if you're a big fan, you've already pre-ordered it and you're already going to pick it up. Otherwise, there's a steel book that's available on Zavi and there's a regular 4K UHD disc that is released on the 8th too. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. As always, you can help support Farron and Film by going over to our sponsor, Offworld Tees, and using the code Farron, that's F-A-R-R-A-N-D, for 15% off your order. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Farron and at Farron and Film. Stay safe, look after each other, and I will see you next time.